0: Hello and welcome to the Potter's Podcast on a very poor week, if you follow the men's team. But firstly this week, we're going to go in with the women, because Angie went, didn't you? And what was it like?
1: Um, They were over... First of all, it was at Loughborough, and they beat Loughborough Lightning 3-0, and they played exceptionally well. A first goal probably would have been 7-1. Our goalie saved a penalty that was really lucky, the ball hit up sort of jump bounced up off the floor and hurt, caught somebody on the elbow. But I suppose in, in this world, the elbow is a handball. Um And they were very, very good. They played really well. And you know what? They all want to play for that shirt. It was a very refreshing experience. 3 nil. first three points of the season. And prior to that, we watched West Ham of the Super League play Liverpool of the Super League in a friendly. And... Um, Liverpool pasted West Ham five nil. And do you remember Paul Kinchelskis? Yeah. Yeah. Chelsea, He he was the manager of West Ham and he didn't look very happy with how they were playing. Um that's probably an understatement. But it was interesting to watch and certainly uh, women's football's on the up because as I say there was over a thousand people watching watching our girls. So it was good and I would recommend everybody to um get up uh, a week on Tuesday, come in to watch the first ladies' home match against Wolves who apparently are the team to beat this season uh, at the Emory Stadium at Norton, so you and I will be there um, you won't be working that night, you won't have an excuse not to go um, and we'll just see how the women float your boat
0: Well, you know women do float my boat, you know that I am um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, no. as, opposed to,
1: as opposed to the men at the moment, no, they're not like
0: they're like a a sinking ship. But, f- yes. but what was it? The, was there a big difference between the WSL and our girls? Could you find? Um,
1: not a great deal, but then I d- it was difficult. West Ham was so outclassed by Liverpool that it would be hard to say. But Liverpool looked good. I would have thought we'd struggle against Liverpool, but West Ham, I think we'd have held their own.
0: That's for me, it's good, it's good signs, isn't it, for our ladies' team, yeah. because... You yeah, know, and,
1: and you've got to support them, because when things aren't going great in other areas, then then you have to support them in um, in any way you can, and that seems to be the women's team at the moment, although the under-18s are doing well.
0: Well, yeah, the under-18s are doing well, which we'll discuss later on in the show, but, you know, I want to do more about the women, and... You know, I, I finally. you seem like they've got their act together this season. Because last season, let's be honest, it was a car crash. And somehow we stayed up. So, what what's changed, you think, this season? Do you think there's been a bit more money gone into it, a bit more organisation? Or do you think it's just a sponsor that's made the difference?
1: For the women? Yeah. I think the fact that they've appointed Warren Holmes as coach has had a lot of. Um lot to do with it, and Lou Roberts as his assistant, uh, and the fact that uh, the club seem to have invested more money into the women's game in terms of the fact that, you know, these girls, they all go to work. Uh, Some of them come straight off shift and play. Uh, They they don't get any major help with anything, whereas uh, I watched them play a friendly a few weeks ago against a team from a, a lower division, and these girls were getting paid. And so I think maybe that proves to you that our girls want to play for the shirt. Um Apart from that, they're just well organised because they've got a, they've got coaches that um, they obviously believe in, and they all look very fit. So it's it's it was really good, and I would recommend anybody to go and watch them.
0: Yeah, but I mean we we're not begging you to go watch them because I think people should go watch them, especially how watching the men at the moment is like watching um, well, it's like watching other teams play football against us, isn't it? So it's nice to to see a team that's doing well i mean like say i used to know kelsey richardson she used to be on nights at my place these girls actually want to wear the shirt when you look at the men i'm not too sure if they do and it's it's refreshing to see especially with the with the improvements that we've now got a manager wsl2 could be on the cards here with a little bit more of investment but if we carry on and maybe get promotion to the league higher into which is Sort of like the women's version of League Two, isn't it? It's like the well, League One, sorry, where, you know, a bit more funding, you can drop into the WSL two. So I'm hoping within two or three years we, we could get there, especially if the fans yeah, get behind us. Be It'd be great to see. Right. right, now we're going to move on to bad news. And that is what we've been talk, well hinting at, and that's following the men's team. So... Firstly, Ange, let's go into Middlesbrough. Now, what was the score you predicted for the Middlesbrough game? Uh, two each. No, you didn't. You predicted 2-0 win. How wrong could you be, Ange? Well, I'm sure you're going to tell me
1: now. What did you predict?
0: I predicted 0-0. Yeah. So I was less wrong than you, really?
1: No, I was closer. we I got
0: two. I was closer because it was a draw. Right, OK. Still no point. Still 1-0. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, OK. It shows we are not very good at this game. But... No. We were poor. In other words, we were shite. But DiMaggio, right, Phillips did save the day, didn't he, at the end?
1: Uh, when he scored, I I felt it was a, a sort of justice. I don't know why, because we shouldn't have been anywhere near them. But Lewis Baker had a chance earlier on. And um, when he missed it, I thought that's the end of us. But Lewis Baker did actually put in that great cross for, for the very, very tall five foot six, Di Maggio, to get through two massive center arms and, and score, and, you know, his, his, his sort of, Somersault, triple toe loop, double salco uh, Kenwyn Jones-esque type celebration, was worth the admission fee alone, because there wasn't much more from the game, that was worth the admission fee.
0: Well, no, because we were poor, we, we literally, from, minute go to minute ten, we, we were completely outplayed, by Middlesbrough, Um what, what, was there any positives other than obviously the triple somersault and fantango salsa movement was there anything else to take from this before we obviously move on to play yeah, because
1: because Liam delap was in the box and it was quite clear that he was going to sign so that was the positive for me and the other positive I guess if you if you're really stretching and, and looking for for um positives then uh they hung in and they managed to get a point where the whether you like it or not uh, they hung in and let's be honest it should have been five down I mean I've not seen such a poor display by the Stoke team for a long long time there was one point when you looked and Middlesbrough got like six people in the penalty area waiting for a ball to come over and I was a chugging back from the halfway line it was a bit of a worry but hey we then went on and um, played Sunderland
0: well we'll go straight into that now then so yeah we, we played Sunderland and to be fair first off we played well We were hit by a poor decision from Bersic when it comes down to goalkeeping. So we'll go in straight away now with Joe
1: Um, I felt very sick when that ball went in um, because I thought he really should have saved it. I mean, there's no question he should have saved it, isn't there? And And I thought before that, his distribution with one by his feet do you remember where he passed it straight to the centre
0: forward yeah 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 um, I thought it was absolutely
1: appalling what he did um, so because he, he looked nice in pink I'm giving him a three
0: uh, I'll go in with a solid two he's not ready at all I was right in pre-season I'm continuously to be right he is not good enough we need a back we need a goalkeeper Ben Foster yeah. is, is there on wasting his time online not playing, stars has retired. Still, and I think I listened to his program the other day. He's still up for playing. Go get him. He's got links to this club. We're the, we're the place that started his career. Basically, when we brought him in from was it Wrexham non-league Wrexham at the time, and or was it Wrexham? No, he alone there. I can't think where we got him from. But let's get him back. I mean, Asmir Begovic has sat in the reserve team at Everton. Could he be an answer? Maybe on loan till the end of the season. But for me, Berzic is not ready for this level, and Saturday proved it. It was it was what a mistake, and it's cost us the game. It's cost us a point at least because Sunderland had nothing else to throw, and not only that, like you've already mentioned, the pass to the straight to the striker, and there was a few other mistakes where I, I think it was the, it, early on in the second half where a shot he did save and it looked like he scooped it near his own goal. He thought, oh my yeah. God, he's going to do it again, is he? But luckily, it went wide. Not good enough at all. And he gets another low mark for me. I, I thought he was a bit suspect for one of the goals against Middlesbrough too. Change has got happening in goal for me. But before we go on, we move into possibly man of the match. And it's a left winger playing right back in Fossu.
1: I thought Fossu um, looked promising. Obviously, he's way too deep and he tries to do as much as he can. I thought he played the best of everybody and I'm giving him a seven.
0: I'll go on for six I'm not going to jump over the over the moon I thought he was good but he's clearly not a defensive player and I like his pace I think that will make a big difference in the team but I'd like to see him in his position where he can play on the left side break in and maybe create a chance for me I don't understand why he's playing as a right wing back when he, most of his career he has played as a left winger so why he's playing on the right I don't know but promising. I liked a lot of stuff he was doing and you know at the end of the day I think he was at fault for Clark as well a couple of times when he was breaking clear and stuff and and what a revelation to see Clark on the left side which I was talking about on the podcast he played well for Sunderland on the left side I was shouting out for it but Michael O'Neill kept consisting with him on the right but anyway another reason why Michael O'Neill should be gone right now we move into Jordan Thompson
1: uh, he does his best I th- he's clearly not a fallback i prefer him in in midfield i thought he tried hard um he turns back a lot though you know when he's got the ball but that might be because he's not in the right position five i uh, I'll go
0: on for four yeah i agree with you. he's not a, he's not a wing back even though that was his position of why stoke brought him in from blackpool i i feel that He panics too much in possession at times, especially when he was in that position. He wasn't breaking forward enough. And every time he did get the ball, like you say, he seemed to be searching out a centre-back rather than a a midfielder or a forward, which was very frustrating. And it made us look one-dimensional all game. And I could understand why the tactical change at half-time happened. So he gets a four from me, but I don't think a lot of it's his fault, if you know what I mean. Right. Right, now we move into...
1: Taylor? I like the way Conor Taylor brings the ball out when he can. He's, he's a bit like Suter in that, that respect. He, he's he's quite strong and he, he works hard. I didn't think it was his best match. Um, I think the best thing was he brought the ball well out of defence, so he's getting a six. Uh,
0: he gets a five from me, um, Taylor. I, th- I thought he was doing well. He, t- he was trying to get things forward. To be honest, I don't understand... Um, why he got booted in the second? Was it the second half or the first half? Yeah. And I think that made him a bit tentative and a bit a bit shaky for the rest of the game. But he did all right after after the horror show of last week, where he decided head fresh air and, and leave the forward to score the goal. It's a better performance. I think he's a good player. I think we've got a one there for the future, and especially when you put him next to the player that we're going to go into next, he looks like a diamond. Phil. Time to retire, Jaggy Elkin. Uh,
1: his legs have gone. I think. I think it might be a season too far for Jaggy Elkin. I thought he looked. Um, he's too, he's, we played too high. A bit like well, M- Wilmot was playing. Played too high, and he's not quick enough to play that high. And the thought of ever having him and Flint in the same team doesn't fill me with nothing but dread. Before um, uh,
0: he gets a. F- Two for me, Jagiel Keraf, he was completely outplayed. Every time the ball went over the top, he looked like Bambi on ice. He was trying to chase... I'll tell you what he reminded me of, Harry Maguire in the United shirt on Saturday. Completely, He's finished. I'm sorry, Hans, but he's done. He's done for me, he hasn't got the legs to play. I mean, I know we were trying to play high to put the press on, but second half, he looked like a, he looked like a, a deer in the headlights. Every time the ball went over the top, he was beaten, which was bringing Taylor... And Wilmot out the game because we were having to drag back, which means the whole team had to drag back. He was a weak. he was a weak link, yeah yeah on yeah. Saturday, and yeah. not good enough at all, not good enough at all. time now for Jackie Alka. we were calling for him to come back we we time not to anymore <laughs> <laughs> uh, right now we move into to be honest I thought played well, which was Ben Wilmot I didn't think Ben Wilmot
1: did too badly, he's um. He's 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 a bit. I don't want to say lackadaisical on the ball, but he's, he's um. He just seems as though he's got a bit too much time. He isn't playing in his right position. I I do think there's a good player in there, uh, but again, I think he was played too high up the pitch, and you know they put a, a high ball over the middle, and, and we were just all over the place. And I'd say he was a reasonable player, and they give him a six yesterday. Exactly. Um, I'm going to go
0: over. Uh, I'm going to go over seven actually yesterday for mm, Ben, ben Wilmot would, you would, you would. He, I thought he was really good good I, I, I really can't blame him I, he, the thing I like about Ben Wilmot well, for all these issues he never hides if there's something no, he, he needs to do he goes and chases it down he he always does his duty he always does his job and he was trying he, he's useful as a player he, he tries to get involved as much as he can he tries to pick the ball up he tries to get things forward his hand's always up whenever he, retirement home, Jagielka's got the ball. He's always trying to do something. And yesterday, he impressed me because the ball was going over the top, Jagielka was too slow, and Wilmot was there every time. If it wasn't for yeah, Wilmot... But the ball,
1: every ball, in that went over the top caused mad panic in our defence.
0: Yeah, but I think and Wilmot... Every strong, ball. But I think Wilmot held strong in that. Well, that last he season, did. he, he didn't. But this... Yeah, this. But, but yeah, Saturday, I thought he held his line well... And I think he recovered for Elker on three or four occasions. And if it wasn't for him on Saturday, that could have been 2 3 three-nil Sunderland. Because the tactics were wrong. The balls were flying over the top. The manager did nothing to fix it. And Wilma had to keep going in there. So he, for me, yes. he gets man of the match. For me. Yeah. I thought he was brilliant. Right, now this lad, I absolutely destroyed it in the pre-season because I thought he was somebody else. Um, Kilkenny.
1: I thought Kilkenny... Um... He had a really bright start to the match. I thought he um, he did okay. He's, um, he was the best of the midfield, I think, though that, that, that doesn't say a great deal. But I thought he put himself about well. And um, I, I force decent for what was a Stoke team. I'll give him 6.5.
0: Uh, I'll go on for six as well, to be fair. I was very impressed by A. Uh, Kilkenny, to be honest. I thought he mopped the ball up well. I thought he controlled the play quite nicely and to be honest i thought he was better than laurent which i will do or what it was i don't know Lager, as we'll call him. yeah we'll call him that and i, I, I don't know i thought he, i thought he put himself out nicely as well you, you know he, he didn't seem to hide as well and i like players that don't hide for me especially with the team we've got at the moment where hiding seems to be all the rage with this team at the moment I thought I thought he did well and to be honest I think I think that role could be his with a bit more experience a bit more a bit more quality about him I think he, he could hold that position it's just a shame he's a lone player but he gets a six I thought he did well right now we move into yet again Nathan Bacon
1: I think I I know that he's playing very deep for him I don't think he's played uh, very well this season. I don't know whether that's because he's got the captain's role, but it, if that was the reason, I'd take it straight off him. But I'm just not quite sure what he's about at the moment. I, I just didn't think he... He looked almost lost at times. He he was just... Um, he was OK at the start, and then he faded dramatically, and he's getting a five.
0: Uh, he gets a four from me in Baker I thought he was very poor again he, he put himself about a bit in the first half but this is a midfielder that's supposed to be controlling our play he's supposed to be our main man in the midfield with Joe leaving he's got to take up the responsibility he's captain I didn't hear him do much talking on the pitch no. and, when, and if you're not a talker like, like King Ryan when he was here you lead by example didn't do he didn't do Evie yeah. on Saturday and I'm not I'm, I'm getting really annoyed with him now because we, I'm, annoyed, I'm annoyed with the club for giving him that contract I said and I'll stick by it they should yeah, have he did. they should have let him play out this season before starting off the contracts out because at the moment I'm not understanding why all this love for Fair Baker is coming along That's why I call him Nathan. It's a bit of a joke, a bit of a laugh. Well, he fell apart in
1: the second
0: half. Yeah, he did. He crumbled. he
1: doing in the second
0: half. He crumbled and he did the opposite of Ben Wilmot. He hid. At this moment in time, looking at that squad, Wilmot would be my captain. Yes,
1: I wouldn't
0: disagree with that. Till Harry Suter comes back. Because for me, Suter's our captain. I won't have any other player. Suter should be our captain. and Ben Wilmot as vice. Fair enough for Baker's advice. Vice-captain, and then Will Mott maybe as a third choice. But not, I'm, not, I'm getting annoyed with him. man. I'm getting really annoyed with Baker because I want him to start taking the game by the scruff of the neck, and he isn't. He'd completely yeah. disappeared in the second half, and I'm not happy with him. I'm not happy. For me, I'd drop him. And that's for Laurent when he comes back. I'd drop him. Okay. Right, now we move into a man who's been, you know, impressing, and that's Smallburn
1: well I don't think he was very good against Middlesbrough and I thought he was even worse against Sunderland he's um, he does a few uh, sort of healy kicky type things and flicks but um, to me he didn't do it very good at all
0: I'll go with another four I agree Um, he he made a couple of dangerous runs didn't he down the channels when he was trying to break through because Thompson wasn't doing it and I like how he's always trying to go forward. But that's all I can say on the performance. I thought he was ve- the midfield was very weak again, overcharged. And so, I do, I, apart from Kilkenny, none of them impressed me. Um and that's disappointment with how much Baker's on now. And Smallbone he's gotta start getting a bit more consistent, isn't he? And and I'm a bit disappointed with him. But at the moment we've got no one else creative, so he's gotta play. Right, so now yeah. we're moving to Jacob Brown.
1: thought Jacob Brown was pretty ineffective. He had that uh, that one shot, which the keeper made a good save from. He, he, it was just the same for Dilap. He was feeding off scraps all the time. There's hardly any passes going to him. and He always put himself about a bit, but for me it wasn't one of his best matches, and he gets a six. Uh,
0: a five from me. Um like I say with the goal a beautiful bit of control good good strike on him we we know he gets about he works hard and I, I like the lad but like you've said he was feeding off nothing he was trying his best to link up with the lap but there was just not enough there for them to feed off and I've said this before it doesn't matter if we have Messi up front we're just not going to create chances not clear cut ones they're going to be hits from distance because we we just don't we just don't create anything. Right now, we talk to talk about uh, debut boy Liam Delap.
1: I thought he put himself about hard. I didn't think he deserved to be booked, but he was just trying too hard. But again, again, you've first he's hardly played any football. I thought he did well to last the sixty odd mi- minutes. He held the ball up well. He's certainly physically very, very strong. But he's not going to score like you said if nobody passes to him, and nobody's passing to him.
0: He got no service, did he? no he hasn't got any service. No, no. Um, I'm going to give him a six, to be fair. I, I liked how he was marching round. He reminded me of Rooster Russell, to be fair. A, yeah, a, a, yeah. a player that he couldn't knock off the ball. He he was powerful. He was aggressive. And like I say, if we can get some good balls into him, this this lad will hit goals. I could I could see from the aggression there. The only thing I'm marking down on. I don't like him in the number 17 shirt. I'm sorry, I thought that shirt should have been retired for me. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: And I'm really behind that one. And I don't like other players in it, unless unless they're real star players. And let's be honest, why give the number 17 shirt to a player that won't be ours next season? I don't agree with it. But he played well, he played all right. Good start, because it's only his third appearance as a professional player, you know, that match. Yeah. So he did well. I was very impressed. Right, now we go into the substitutes, and that's Gail for Jacob Brown.
1: He had one chance, didn't he? And I thought he, you know, having scored three goals that have been disallowed in successive matches, I thought, here we go. Uh, and he put it wide. He, he should have buried that, but he didn't. He didn't do a great deal. Five.
0: Um, I'll go the four. Should have took that chance. I don't care what anyone says. That should have been one-one. And... That's it really, that's all I could talk about. Right, now we move on to the mo- to another substitution that didn't really make a lot of sense to me, And I swear it's in his contract that he's got to somehow play some part of the game, which was Campbell for Kilkenny. And the substitute made no sense to me whatsoever because Kilkenny was the only midfielder doing all right at that time. Why well, not bring off was... big... What? Yeah, I thought he was just trying to, um, to get
1: a goal from somewhere. I, d- I didn't agree with the substitution but unless Campbell is now playing out wide and cutting inside he's. A, I don't think he's using an ornament to the team and he's getting a 5 from me and he's lucky to get that
0: yeah he's getting a 5, he's got a book up but like you said he's playing out of position and he's not a striker we've seen him as a striker which is why we loaned him to Shrewsbury and Michael O'Neill knows how to play him but won't do it and it's getting everybody frustrated. I know we tried putting him on the ride, but it was too late by that point. Sunderland was settled back, they were sitting deep, and we couldn't get to him. So it's it's one of them. And then one of the another, one of the most useless substitutions I've ever known, Klukas for Smallbone. Uh
1: well I would have taken Smallbone off. I wouldn't have probably put Klukas on for him. Um I I I didn't understand what Klukas was trying to do on, on Saturday. Um in fact, I'm struggling to find what Lucas is doing in most games. Uh, he
0: didn't offer anything at all for me, and he's getting the three. Uh, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start giving him zeros, because I don't understand why he's getting picked. I don't understand why he's playing. Get rid of him. Free transfer, whatever. I'd, I'd rather us go in a little bit of debt to get rid, because he, he doesn't want to be here. The club don't need no, him. No, he doesn't. No, I, I just agree. get rid. And why not bring... Oh, anyway, we'll, we'll go into the substitutes that Wayne picked, which probably, oh sorry there was one more Wright Phillips came on for De Lapp. and again, I didn't get this one either
1: Well Delap was knackered um, I didn't think Wright Phillips did a great deal he was obviously brought on in the hope of um, scoring a goal I think one or two people would like him to start I personally don't think he's ready to start uh, but what he did he did okay and I'm going to give him a five
0: I'll give him a five. He made some. He made some clever runs. In you know, he. he to be fair, he linked up well with Thompson. That was impressed with. He, he was. He was doing a lot more than what he expected for somebody who, who's the age is has and hasn't got the experience he is. He, he probably looked more exciting, in the time he got on the pitch than any of the players that have been on for ninety minutes. I mean, I like his movement. I like his pace. But the one thing I'm going to have to mention is. He's got to start games, Ange. He's got to start... I think he needs to start, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, well, there's a, there's an argument that would say uh, anybody who hasn't played for Stoke this season deserves to start, because they, they can't be worse than what's happening at the moment.
0: Well, that's that's the thing that we're going to go through. Now, you're going to have to but, tell me... Well,
1: just, before, just before you go through anything, right... There is zero creativity. Kilkenny tried to show a bit of creativity, and Smallbone did. But very little creativity. And without creativity, as you said, we're not going to score.
0: No, we aren't. So we aren't playing, we aren't playing a system that can. So the, the substitutes that we, we didn't, weren't used. I can't, I can't remember what they were, to be honest, off the top of my head. So unless well, fox you... Fox was one. Yeah.
1: Sparrow would be another.
0: Bonham uh,
1: Bottom was
0: another. Uh,
1: Aiden Flint was the other. Uh,
0: well, yeah, not with. So Bonham, ben. Fox, and Flint. Not, not Mont mentioning then. Right, so we're moving to the referee rating. I'm going to go in straight away with a two. I
1: thought he was pretty fair
0: to nothing, and I'll give him a three. And, uh, some of the decisions were horrific, weren't he? Absolutely. Right.
1: Absolutely. I, I mean,
0: the bookings made no sense. I think both of them didn't, The Stoke. Um, and the one, I think they had one which made no sense. He never let the play go. He was constantly... He, he, he wanted to be the star of the show, didn't he, that ref? Yeah,
1: yeah,
0: he did. And he, and he come across that way. Right, so now we're going to the overall performance. What are you going to go in with? Three. I'll go in with a two. And now this is the interesting one. Now what we're we going to go in with with Michael O'Neill because let's be honest, he got this wrong. Ange,
1: the the problem with Michael O'Neill is that obviously he's under growing pressure to play a back four. He has given his reasons why he isn't playing a back four. Whether you or I agree with those reasons, he's sticking sticking with them. Um, what mark will I give him? Five.
0: Oh, very generous, Ange. I'm going to give him a okay. two. I thought Good. he's... I, this excuse... Now, I've I've always been told this. that If a manager plays a back three, it's because his defence is shite. That's yeah. that's what I've been told. Now, if you're playing a back three and your defence is still shite, then there's something severely wrong with your team. Now, not we'll go into the substitutes after. That starting line-up struggled defensively all 90 minutes as soon as the ball went over the top it was like an alarm got off and everybody was running around like headless chickens now that comes down to coaching now has he got a defensive coach there i'm struggling to see where he has if he has and and jaggy elke he must be watching him on on the training pitch and going yeah he's not ready it make there's no other sense to me than making us into a four four a four three two three two whatever it is. I don't understand what he's doing, and then his tactical changes at half time made us completely worse. And then not only that, his subs make no sense. Kill Kenny for the sixty eight minutes he was on the pitch was probably our only outlet at that time. Baker had gone missing, Smallbone was too busy trying to become a winger for some reason. We put, we changed the tactics, and it made no difference, because the subs didn't come on at half-time. Why change to the 3-4-3 three, three at half-time, when you're not going to bring wingers on? Yeah, I, I'm at a loss to
1: understand, honestly. Um, but... But if you look at the way the league is at the moment and how we've played, if he gets one win every five games, then Stoke will be safe.
0: (laughs) Is that your positive outlook on it,
1: No, I'm still going for top six.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Listen, you may
1: scoff and everybody listening may scoff. But when our players are all back fit and firing... We will zoom up that table like
0: Superman. More chance of platinum. Absolutely more chance of that. This squad. I'm going to be honest, and I'll put it out there now. I'm worried about relegation, Ange.
1: Well, I'm not. And are you worried about? Would you, if you're a Middlesbrough fan at this moment, be worried about relegation because they're bottom?
0: No, but the, the, the thing is with them, they can kick in. I think they've got a, a good set of players there at Middlesbrough.
1: Well, we can kick in. We've got a good set of players. There isn't another team in the Championship that wouldn't take Campbell, Gale, Up, and Brown up front. There isn't a team that wouldn't do
0: that. I, I agree. But it's my issue is the manager, Angela and, and, yeah. and the formation and the way we're playing. Because it doesn't suit anybody. The signings don't make sense to me, which we've talked about before. But we we look horrendous at the back. And we're playing free at the back, which is making us have no width. And we're struggling to create chances because we've got nobody in that team, apart from maybe Sport Smallbone, if he's on a good day, who's going to create chances. We've killed Kenny Charlie's best, which is why I don't understand the substitutes. I, 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 I can remember... It going up, and I was like, Are you mad? And then he took small bone off the only other one that could maybe pick a pass. So he went from being toothless to completely toothless because of the manager. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, Andrew. Well, it's time to go.
1: Well, there is a bit of good news apparently, right? Uh, Reading, Sunderland, and Swansea are all looking to take Morgan Fox.
0: They can have him. Do, do they need him have a lift? I'll, I'll go and take well, him up there.
1: Well, if it's true, and I don't know if it is, uh, would that give us um, the ability to bring in a player that he clearly wants, which is yet another centre-back?
0: I, with what I've seen him bring in centre-back-wise, apart from Ben Wilmot, I don't trust him to sign a centre-back as long as I've got... No air on the head. If I started growing air, I trust him. The the fact of the matter is, I'm looking at that defence. He brought Flint in, he brought Jaggy Alker in, and then give him a new contract when he was clearly finished. That's wages that we could have brought on a new player. Um
1: well, you do you're missing the other point though,
0: Ian. What's that? I think
1: Morgan Fox is actually the last of our full backs. I
0: don't think we've got any fullbacks. Er uh, well we have, have we? have got time and then basically oh, Karen is it we got from Leeds?
1: He's injured, and
0: timing isn't a four-back. Yeah, but he's, he can play. He, he's, he is a fallback. He's just not a left back, is he? Um, right. If we're going to play four at the back, then we probably need a left back and a right back. To be honest, I think this is why. For me, the reason why he's consistent with his back three is because we haven't got. Win, is we haven't got proper. Well, we have. Clark can be, but he's injured, isn't he? Yeah, but you
1: could also say that um, when Fox played, he was. Um, he was a no-nonsense left-back. He wasn't a wing-back. He, he was OK. I, I mean, in his first season here, his defending wasn't that bad. If we played the flat-back four now, he would be our best option, which suggests to me that we're not going to play a flat-back four. If it's true that he might be going.
0: Well, if he's going, then it's bye Michael O'Neill. Right, opinion. you
1: want to keep Fox over Michael O'Neill?
0: Well, it's not just about Morgan Fox. I mean... He if he's consistent with his five at the back, we're knackered. We're knackered, Andrew. It's not working. I mean, how many losers do we need to have over two, three seasons? Well, two and sort of this season. Do we need to see before that clown starts realising it's not working? We've got Campbell, who's sat on the bench because he won't play him off the right side. We've now got a good left wing, w- Wingy, who's consistent in that position with, with Fossu. Now, Fox, if we keep him because we haven't got any money, fair enough, he'd probably do an all right job at left back. Start using his brains. Let's, let's start discussing who we want as the next manager, Ange.
1: Well, I think, look, you can discuss who you want as your next manager all you like. I feel that there's something that you've got to get into your head, here, Ian. They didn't get rid of him over the summer. We had a bad pre-season. We haven't had a great start to the season. They aren't going to get rid of him yet. Right? They're not going to have allowed him to brought in all these players. Very few clubs would change this approach either. Whether we've lost faith in him or you've lost faith in him or the whole of the crowd have lost faith in him, he's gonna get a little bit longer. Right? Well um... it, it might be pure it might be purely financial. It might be a lot of things. It might be that they feel he's done a good job getting rid of the lumber that we have, which undoubtedly I would say he has. But the other thing I would say is that I don't care. Anybody can start flinging names out, Sean Dyche, Corberan. They are not going to come to Stoke under the conditions that currently reign.
0: I think they will, Ange. I I truly think they will. I think if if you ask these managers... If they'll come manage Stoke, the facilities are there, the fan base is there, the stadium's there, and next season he'll have money. And not just money, a complete clean slate. Those players that we've got are most of, well, pretty much all of Malone's, so they're all gone. Not only that, the players that we don't want, their contracts are up, bottom's up. The only players that have got contracts that are over a year now are our quality ones, Suti. But is it when he starts not dropping the ball? Oh, Connor Taylor, our quality young players, Campbell, Brown, our quality players are the ones that have got contracts. So if a manager came in, and go right, okay, I'll keep them up, try and get mid table, and then I'll go next season when I've got a clean slate. Managers will jump at that Ange. They will jump at that, especially with our owners, because especially if we get a good one who who can who's good at building squads. They'll jump at that chance next season with a bit of money spend and, and be able and got a clean slate and an entire squad where he can pick what he wants and what he needs. You you're telling me they won't take that?
1: I I think you're jumping the gun and I don't think they'll take it, no, because it's a business. But if you looked at Stoke from from the owner's point of view, um, they were very close to a disaster financially not themselves, the club. We could have been a derby. They managed to stop that happening by some astute banking and changing of, um, you know, the system whereby they bet 365 bought the training ground, etc. So he's had to put up with that. But the first season, and I'm looking at this now from the owner's point of view, the first season. He came in with a squad that were rock bottom and we all thought they were going down. And he actually kept that team up, right? The next season, you actually got a profit out of him and we weren't looking like being relegated. And then he's had no money to spend. He's had to get any money that he's got himself by wheeling and dealing and in that time, he's brought in, whether they're full, full paid or whatever, he's got Gale, lots of clubs would have like Gale, Dilap, every club would have liked Dilap, Fosu, Smallbone, Clark. And over the period of the season, given injuries sorting themselves out, I think they'll believe that he can do a good job. I don't think they want to sack him for that reason.
0: Well, I'm I'm sorry. It's just uh, I'm, I'm glad. if Michael O'Neill was sat tomorrow, he would go with my blessings. And Listen, would...
1: Michael O'Neill, on his current form and on the points form of the last season and hot, the last season and this, right? Mike O'Neill at a lot of other clubs would under happened. normal circumstances would be gone, but Stoke City are not operating under normal circumstances right? If the the owners of Stoke City don't react, they're almost, sometimes you can accuse them of being too slow to react, but financially they're savvy. And they will sit there, and they will think, okay, we've allowed him to bring in these players. Whoever comes in after him will not be able to bring players in until Christmas, or or whenever the transfer window opens again. They will give Michael O'Neill up until November, in my opinion, to turn things round, because there's a mini pre-season to be had in November with the World Cup, and I can't see them getting rid of him if they get rid of him till then, and that's based on what I've told you. Whether we think it's right or wrong, that is what I think the board of Stoke City will do, because they've never been fast at getting rid of people. Most Stoke fans wanted Hughes to go... Uh, the season before he went. He finally had to go with the debacle at at Coventry in the Cup. Nathan Jones, we all thought he was going a good month and a half before he went. Nathan Jones himself thought he was going at least three weeks before he went. But the club don't act like that. Will the club have been speaking to anybody else? I hope so, because that's what every good club should do. They should be looking at replacing a manager while he's still in position.
0: Whether Stoke have or not, no idea. From what you've said, I, I'll agree with that. I, I, but I don't think they, they are. I don't think they are. They're even look, looking at. It. I don't think they're even contending it. But at the end of the ninety minutes on Saturday, the fans made their voice heard, and it's clear as day to me that this man hasn't. Is it's just it's just a matter of when. Now, yeah, if...
1: you may well be right, but it won't be when this week. Unless Stoke
0: lose fifteen nil and the too two matches, he'll still be in position. Well, unless it gets worse. If we keep losing, Ange and keep performing the way we are, how long do you reckon it will be? Because you know what the Stoke fans are like. They, if once they once they made a decision, they want it done. And it was clear with Raheem. I've, I've told you. I don't think anything will happen
1: until
0: November. What? Even if we keep losing and we're in I don't know bottom two or bottom of the league do you reckon they'll stick with him
1: unless we are madly cut adrift by the end of October I don't think anything's going to change and you know what and you know what as much as it, it irks me I can understand why they'll stick with him it's not financial for them they could pay him up tomorrow like they've done with other managers it's the effect it will have on the football club That's the thing, it's it's very easy for all of us to sit and rant and rave and say this is rubbish, I'm bored, I want more for my money. We all know what we all say and what we all think and I don't believe for a minute that Michael O'Neill and his backroom staff aren't working hard. You would not have got the quality players they've got in on no money, right? Dilat being one of the main ones, Clark being another one Right, you would not have got those players in if people did not respect the manager. Right, they're working as hard as they can. We know something's going wrong. He will know that he's he's on borrowed time. Eventually, everybody's times run out. But it, it's not for the want of trying. It's either because the players' injuries are too much. He's brought in too many young players. Plus the fact he clearly isn't going to move from what we believe is suicide in the way the players play. And if you want a bit more to upset yourself, Middlesbrough are trying to get the one centre-half we were after, Matt Clark, uh, because he's he's, he's in his final year of his contract, and Middlesbrough are trying to get him. So the one player we wanted to fill that void at the back of the defence is probably going to go elsewhere too. So, yeah, I've just cheered you up a bit more.
0: There's, There's no need, Ange. It's already too negatives as, as it is. I mean, at the end of the day, I think it's time. I, I would. I think it was time at the end of last season. To be honest, I said if he doesn't get a run, he's. This, let's be honest. You reckon he will win a back-to-back game whilst he's Stoke manager?
1: Well, he has won back to. back he, well, no, I mean, he had a great.
0: This, this, you reckon this season he'll be able to do a back-to-back win because I do. I think he did it once last season, didn't he? Uh, I
1: think it was twice, but never mind
0: so you know it's one of them I think the feelings are out there I I put a post up and to be honest it was 99% um, yesterday I believe it's time you still think there's a bit there and we'll now go into transfer discussions now yes Matt Clark has has been linked but we've also been linked with a couple of youngsters from the Arsenal Academy from what I've heard The,
1: the thing for me is that how many centre halves do you need on your books Right, you've got Wilmot, you've got Taylor, you've got Flint, you've got Jaggy Jagielka, and you've got Suter. And all of a sudden, we need a centre-half.
0: I, I, think, I, I think it's two. I think we need two centre-halves.
1: Well, if it were me, how long have we got in the transfer window? Another eight days? I'd yeah. be after... i tell you what I'd be after. I'm sorry, this is going to send people to ask, A goalkeeper a winger with pace to match Fosu, if he ever doesn't play out of defence, and a centre-back. That's three players we need. We're not going to get three players.
0: I think we'll be lucky to get one.
1: I do. And, uh, you see, is obviously um, going to go. And will that all be done before the end so we can use the money that we're getting if there is a transfer fee on, on his use of his wages?
0: It's a very difficult time. I'd t- to be honest, Andrew, if, I, if it was me, I'd, I don't think we need any forward players. I think we need, if it was me, goalkeeper's priority. I think Ben Foster, I'd just dive. Ben, please come here for a season. And then I'd probably try and get Berserk out on loan at that point. I think we need two centre-backs to replace Flint and Jaggy I think we also need um, a creative midfielder. I still think we need a midfielder that, that can pick that ball up. I can't... I so can't... we've
1: got no width. You know, with the current situation, we have got... I know they've made the pitch a bit narrower and shortened it, but we haven't got any width. You know, our out balls are Fossil, who's now a defender, and Thompson. And, and neither of them have the ability to, to do that it's not their fault. But neither of them have got the ability to, to do those passes. I, I just... At this moment in time, we're rudderless. We, we're rudderless. In fact, we're almost shipless. I, I just I just find it really, really odd. For me, the most important thing is I don't believe it's all bad luck with these injuries.
0: Well I, just,
1: I just, well, I just don't know what it is, but I don't believe it's just bad luck. I know other clubs have injuries, but we seem to... The
0: first four matches of the season, and we seven players out. I don't, It comes to something, don't it, that what's going on? I mean, I, I think we've got the worst injury hit so far. I think sec, uh, last year we were second, we, we were third. It, there's, there's got to be a problem with the way the training. I, I don't understand, Ange. I mean, we've put in Harry Clark, he's out for what, two months. Yeah. I don't understand why we haven't sent him back because that frees up a bit more money where we could bring somebody exactly. else in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fox going, I think, makes sense. I mean, if we can get rid of Etebo as well, that could mean two players, especially if we can get rid of him permanently. I don't understand what they're doing goalkeeping-wise, because I think this is probably... The, I'll be honest, this is one of the worst set of goalkeepers I've seen for a long time. I know. Today. I mean, when you look back at the keepers we've had and you look what
1: we've got now, I mean, everybody was talking about Bersic being a brilliant keeper. He may well be. Um, uh, you know, he may well be a, a, a great keeper going forward, but as far as I'm concerned, at this moment in time, that's one of the areas we need to strengthen. And you listen to Michael O'Neill, and I think what is it now? We got just over a week. I think we have got just over a week of the transfer window left, and he thinks there's one, possibly two areas that um, he, he could he could get players in, and obviously one of those is the centre back. Um, he's, he, he's looking. He's looking to to manoeuvre things. I would just love to be a fly on the wall and and see where he thinks those players are going to come from because they're going to be free agents or loans. They're not going to be anything else.
0: To, to be honest, I think he's thinking. I'd say he's thinking a centre back because I think that's pretty obvious with how, you know, we've got two players that are finished at this level. I mean, to, I'll be honest, I'll be brutally honest. If I was if I was Michael O'Neill, I'd be looking at loaning Flint out. Just just till the end of the season, till his contract's up. Just, I, I honestly would. Um, Jaggy Elker, I'd be even considering going, do you want to become a coach now? Just well, to... he's,
1: he's,
0: only on, he's only signed a six month, has not he? Well, for, for yeah. me, I'd be going, do you want to retire early and do us a bit of a favour and become maybe a coach with us or something? That's what I'd be doing. Because them two I... are done.
1: But you can have you can have eight loan players, right? So you, you can name eight loan players in your squad. Right? But you can only have five in your 18-man matchday squad. So at the moment, they've got uh, Clark, Fossu, Smallbone, Kilkenny and Dilap. So you can count uh, Clark out because he's injured. Right. So if you can have five in your matchday squad, uh, that means in his mind, he's still got uh, two options of players to bring in. Right. But if you've only got five that can go in your matchday squad then are you really going to want to come to Stoke? Because you might not even make the matchday squad, let alone make the team. Um, Stoke need a left-sided centre-back, don't they? We we both know they need a left-sided centre-back. They had that bloke from Fulham. Was it Congolo? They had that bloke from Fulham. They said, he's gone back, right? It, it, um, I don't know what happened. But Clark, um, I think he will go to Middlesbrough. Um, you know, I just, I just, that uh, Matt Clark from Brighton. I think he'll go to Middlesbrough. Um, I just, if it were me, I'd if we weren't going to get Ben Foster, I'd be looking at that Xander Clark. Um, yeah. He's left St Johnston, right? He's a free agent, and I'd be looking at him.
0: Yeah, I yeah.
1: we need a keeper.
0: We, oh, we desperately need a goalkeeper. I mean, desperately need a goalkeeper. I don't trust... To be honest, I said it at the start of the season, I'd start playing Fielding. Because I know he hasn't played a lot of football recently, but he's got. I think he's got three, four hundred appearances to his name. He's played a lot of football. I think he was Blackburn number one for a while. I think he was Bristol City number one for a while. He had a couple of bad seasons because of an injury. I'd put him in. If we can't get anybody in, Fielding would be my number one. Because he's got that experience. Yes. Yeah, but if if he's
1: looking at getting Morgan Fox out right um some of the young players might go out on loan and then you look at you look at the squad list and i think i'm right in saying uh dimaggio sparrow and connor taylor uh what's sparrow 19 and dimaggio and taylor are 20. they don't take up spots on the squad list and um i don't think liam McCarron does either because his birthday is a march birthday um I think he's 21 in March, but Harry Clark will be in the squad. So they've got. Um, I'm. I'm not quite sure what he'll do, but I think he's. He's going to do something. He. He's clearly needs to bring in another centre half, which then brings you on to the point of, well, has the transfer business been that great?
0: Well, no, because it seems like we're right at the end and panicking again. Um, I, I know injuries have come in. I. I'm not really understanding the Fosu signing as well. To be brutally honest, I mean, I don't understand why we're playing a left winger at right wing back. I, I know he's right footed, but surely there was somebody else who we could have got on loan. For me, that seems a name signing to try and shut us up. That's what it seems like to me. Going, oh well, it's a good player on loan. I think lap as well is another one where we've looked at it and gone, oh well, you know, everybody's after him. But it, but the problem is if it doesn't work. It goes more negatively on the manager because yeah. it's 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 only ever is, you know. I think we've got a good wing partnership there now with Campbell on the right, Fosu on the on the left, with whichever striker he fancies up front, which would probably you be, to, you know, Delap maybe come on as a danger man towards the end, get aggressive and, and fly at him, you know. Yeah. But we do need a left back, and I think we need a right back because if we do play that system, we've only got Andy Clark, and he's injured. Which is why I don't understand why we don't send him back and maybe try find a proper right back as a replacement. There's a, there's still a lot of decent players that are available for nothing as well. I mean, is it Hekik? Hekic was it? Was it Barnsley yeah, last but, season? But you
1: say that. You say that. And and if they've if they've not been playing or if they've been out of favour, it's going to take them a month to get match fit. You might as well stick with who you've got on your injured bench and get them back fit again.
0: Well, yeah, but it, it, it's still bolstering the numbers because the problem is we, we, we're built on loan team, aren't we? It's, it's, the whole squad's built on loans, really, apart from a few players. That's why yeah, I think you know. Sparrow's on the bench and, you know, players like... I think that's why Klukas gets his back back around the team because we can't really bring another loan player in because it's either him or nothing. I, I, I seriously feel we've massively weakened and I don't think we've brought enough players in for this system he wants to play. And we're still looking at players. I think there's going to be, I think there's going to be two desperation signings, and I think they'll both be free transfers. That's Under Clark. Apparently, we have been linked with, but so now with um, Celtic, because is it Joe Hart's just got an injury? So I think so. So there's a chance he could be. Going, well, let's be honest. You're going to choose Celtic or you're going to choose Stoke. I mean, if it was me personally, obviously I'd choose Stoke. But you know, you've been of the Celtic side you'd say Celtic wouldn't you so we're probably going to miss out on him now as well because we've been horsing about we've put too much faith in a young lad that isn't ready and we're now it's now backfiring he cost us on Saturday I thought he three players do need to come in but I don't think we need wingers because I think we've got enough on the wing if we decided to play three up front with two wingers and a striker we've got the Fosse who can play on the left side we've got Campbell who can play on the right and then we've got Ryan Phillips who can play both so we we I think we're all right in that position. I don't think we need another wingy if we're going to play that because I think Fossey will be deadly in this division if you play him high up. And Campbell, we know when he plays off the right is one of the best players in the division. For me, it's the yeah. defense that's the problem because we've got like like I said, if it was me, I'd be knocking on the door at Vale and going, "Do you want Flint on loan for the season?". I would be able to go and want him on loan, but then then the problem comes in if have we got enough players to sit on the bench. Because of how many loan players we're trying to bring in. Because Matt Clark will be another loan. Yeah. So we have to look at it that way. There's, there's yeah. a lot to be looked at. For, for me, it's got to be permanent players who come in. But is there anybody out? I mean, for me, I don't understand why that lad from Barnsley, Hickie, whatever his name is. I can't remember his name. Swear it's something like that. I don't understand why we didn't go for somebody like him over Aidan Flint he's 27, he's played regular football for Barnsley, he was second player of the year, the season he got to the playoffs Barnsley, last season not so much that's for me a player we should be looking at rather than an Aidan Flint, you know defensively we are absolutely shocking and that's where for me we need to put most of his attention in because Jagielka's finished Flint is and then we're looking a bit Fredbear because we've got injured Shoe Will Wilmot's good enough I think Taylor's good enough, but that's it. So we're looking very light defensively because we've got two players that are finished on. So that's why I think we need two centre-backs to come in and try and get rid of Flint the best way we can and and try and convince Jagielka to retire, which will do us a favour. Yeah. Well, I think we're just about
1: done, aren't we? Because it's been such a scintillating week that... um... I suppose what we should do just before we finish now is we should uh, set our high standards for predicting scores to predict the score this weekend at Blackburn.
0: Um, you want me to be honest? Yeah. <laughs> uh, 2-0 Blackburn. 2-1.
1: Yeah.
0: 2-1. 2-1? 2-1. 2-1. 2-1 uh, I'm
1: actually going with a loss. I'm going 3-1.
0: 3-1? Yeah. You, you do know this one's probably going to come in, Ange. Uh, Well, if it does, I'll be very upset. Um, Let's be honest, we were talking about Blackburn now. Blackburn are going to go up from what I'm looking at at the moment. They look a really solid outfit, to be honest. And I I, I think it's amazing they've been able to keep hold of our local lad, Ben Britton. He
1: has. Yeah. I think
0: it's amazing how they've been able to keep hold of him. Is it four out of four they've won now? Yeah, I think it is. I don't care. I don't care. I'm
1: absolutely... Fed up of losing, and it would be just so stoke-like to go there and win, but in my heart, I can't... Uh, even in my heart, I can't see it. My head says 3-1, and my heart probably says 4, and that's bad news, isn't it? <laughs> however, however, I could be wrong.
0: Uh, I think you're right, Andrew. I think, I think you'll be 1-1 this weekend. I think you're more right there than me. I, I was going to try trying to be positive. To be honest, I'd, I'd even be tempted 5-0 to be honest, with how well Blackburn are playing. Um, yeah, I think we'll leave it there before we depress it even more. But it is going to be a depressing one Ange. isn't it? You know, we, we had our expectations. We, You know, we played Middlesbrough and Sunderland, who, let's be honest, a team that's just been promoted and who hasn't really brought anybody of, of note in. And we played Middlesbrough, who were bottom of the league. And, you know, to be honest, we were lucky get a point. So it, it is going to be a negative Ange.
1: Yeah. But next week, after
0: we beat Blackburn 1-0... And the women
1: win 75-2, or something close to that, uh, we'll all be happy.
0: Yeah, because I think the women will win. So, there we go. Right, so that's Um, the one.
1: Whoa, 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 whoa. Are you not doing your final, please vote for me for the Supporters' Council? Because this is the last chance you've
0: got. If you are going to put a vote in, it's easy. Just go onto the Stoke website and type in... um, the supporters council voting and if you can put it my name in there and angie's name obviously it means a lot towards Dunstan. well
1: i was putting that little sentence by an afterthought so i can i have my say now
0: yeah that's your say now
1: vote for angela don't
0: vote for ian no need for that at all angela. i thought we were trying <laughs> to get i thought we were trying to get positive change and right, i'll say set...
1: positive change is positive change is vote for ian
0: Because what I'm going to try to do is, and I thought I'd put that in there, I'm going to push for a museum for the club. I I really hate when I talk to young people, or people around my age as well, and I'm mentioning Freddie Steelers, and they go, who's that? It offends me, and I want want, to start creating a bit of history around the club. We've got stands, we've got places where we can put pictures, or like we used to have with Faye, let's get... Pictures of Steele and Franklin and Frank Sue, who is a forgotten man. I want to put history of Stoke back into this football club. I want a museum, that's what I'm going to push for. A fan zone. Let's get rid of that car park and turn it into a fantastic fan zone that makes people want to come to our ground. Because I've spoken to away fans and people from other clubs, they hate coming Stoke because it's in the middle of nowhere, there's nowhere to drink, there's nothing to do. Let's get that changed. There's plenty I want to do. There's more. There's more. I, I just don't want to cover too much because we're running out of time. But like I say, Ange, there's got to be change at this club, aren't there? We've got. If if I'm voted in, I'll be a voice for the fans. If I'll put questions up before we go into the meetings to try and get questions out there, not just what time does the bar open? That it become has become a common joke on Twitter and Facebook. We want to make change, don't we, Ange? We certainly do. So we certainly do. that's what we're trying to do. So thanks, Larams. That's another one done. It's a pleasure. So thanks for listening. Another one done there. I know it's a bit down, but there's been nothing to cheer about recently. I can't, I can't deny that I am a very disgruntled fan myself at the moment. It's not just you guys out there. And I've already said, but if you can put me a vote in for me and Angeli, for the voting, you just go on the Stoke City website, search for the supporters council votes, and put your votes in for whoever you want but if you could do me and Angela I'd be very appreciative I want to make change at the club I want to make a bit of difference if I do get in there if you're on any podcast platform and this is the first time you listen to the podcast become a member follow share and tell your friends it means a lot to the podcast it means in the future we might be able to do new things like maybe more work on YouTube and bring more for the fans because that's the aim of the game we're on every podcast platform and if you're on iTunes, if you could do us a great favour and put a five star review in, it helps the podcast, no wonder. So thanks for listening, all the best, to ra